Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a January 23rd Monday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com, former Blazer beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. You can find my writing at other places as well. It is Monday, and we are now two days removed from Portland's important overtime victory. I believe 127-123 against the Boston Celtics. The score doesn't really matter. They just got a win, and that's all that they need at this point. Uh... And, and that's what's most notable because winning hasn't come easy at this point uh, at all this season. So uh, they, they got a, a something that they needed the other day, went into that more went into that game specifically more in depth on the podcast that went up on Sunday. But the the blazers are are still in in the thick of it as it were. Uh, they're still in the, chase for the eighth seed and probably will be for the rest of the season as we have a historically bad uh race for the eighth seed uh one of one one note on that i think kevin pelton friend of the program said that this is one of it's it's one of the worst races that we've ever had in the modern western conference and it, it's up there with one of the worst you know that we in our recent memory i i'm I'm 27, and this is easily the worst the eighth seed in the in the West has ever been. I can remember the East being like this several times over the past uh, 15 years or so, but uh, never uh, a team uh, in the West with that bad of a record getting in. And I don't necessarily see Portland all of a sudden uh, becoming a team that's going to run away with that eighth seed. They, they seem like a team that uh, has just been so inconsistent that you can't really expect them to just run off uh, any any big win streaks at this point. Read uh, an interesting look from a, an outsider's point of view on the Blazers from, from Paul Flannery from SB Nation in his Sunday shoot-around. It, it, it was basically all the same stuff that that we've heard before that the Blazers can't really put a finger on it. They don't know how to diagnose what's going wrong, when it's going wrong, why it's going wrong. And so they continue to be where they are. They they got a win, which was important and against a good team, but 
it's just a win, really. They have squandered so many opportunities, lost so many games that on paper they should win, that getting one back against Boston, especially after what we saw with Cleveland, hard to expect that to carry over. But they have an opportunity to do that on Wednesday against the Lakers, a team that is not playing well, that Portland has beaten twice already this month. And that game's going to be a national tele, national TV game as well. So Portland likely does not want to further their embarrassment of a season, which it has been up to this point, uh, by losing at home to the Lakers on the night that they're going to honor the 40th anniversary of the 1977 championship team, which they are doing before the game, I believe, uh, they're definitely doing some things I can't don't remember whether it's before the game or at halftime I'm imagining that by bringing all those people in they will be doing things at both junctures so it will be uh, a festival a festive night one of probably the most upbeat happier nights of the season considering uh, the expectations and all that that went into the season and where the Blazers are now but uh I think tomorrow. I think Wednesday should be fun uh, if you're there at the Moda Center for the 40th anniversary of the '77 championship team, uh, where they're they're going to honor all those guys and uh, Bill Walton's going to be there. All the all the all the guys that are that are still alive from that team are still going to be there. So it'll be uh, a great moment, probably one of the happier nights at the Moda Center. But yeah, that would be that would be a rough one to lose if Portland lost the Lakers. I don't think they're going to lose the Lakers at home. D'Angelo Russell is hurt, and uh, Russell is, is, I think, a really good player, even though he's he's still young, very young. He's not Dame Lillard by any means, but I think he's a good player. I think he really helps them. I think he's one of their better ball handlers, so things will be a little bit easier on that front. So... You're going to see more Marcelo Huertas running the point for uh, the the Lakers. More Jordan Clarkson getting involved. More so, what the Blazers are catching a break there as well. So that makes this game even more winnable, but would make it even more disappointing if they lost. Which is kind of how this t- this season has gone for them. That. It, it, whenever it's possible that they can disappoint you more, they figure out a way to do it. So uh, this is essentially the same scenario. Not essentially the same scenario because the Lakers are worse than Orlando, but it's very much like the Orlando game where you have a team that is not good and now you add the wrinkle that one of their better offensive players is hurt. and And so... It's set up nice on a platter, but Portland had no Dirk for the Mavericks game, and they lost that one. So they have not earned any trust at this point. So I thought that that Paul Flannery article on SB Nation about the Blazers was pretty good. I I saw that on Blazers Edge. And there were a couple things also that that have gone, uh, that have been reported that I wanted to talk about, and I kind of wanted to save it for a podcast where we didn't have any games to discuss and that we didn't have any any real you know not 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 real news but anything of the moment that we need to address and i think this would be a good time to address maybe some of the rumors or some of the trade stuff that's come out over the past week or so and i'm going to lead with 
Nerland's Noel. Uh, I know that a lot of folks have have looked at the. I mean, everyone has looked at the Philadelphia big man situation. If you've seen Joel Embiid play or seen his numbers this year, it's clear that he's the future at that position, and they've drafted big man after big man after big man. And they have all these assets, and and Jalil Okafor is kind of just wasting away on the bench. Noel plays sometimes, but doesn't play as much because, obviously, Embiid is is quite good and 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 pretty almost revolutionary at that position as a center and so Noel has been a target also because he's good at defense unlike Okafor who's more offensively oriented Noel has been looked at as a as a potential target for the Blazers but Kevin Artovitz and uh another friend of the and, and friend of the program Kevin Pelton we're on a podcast uh, for ESPN's True Hoop, uh, ESPN's True Hoop podcast uh, that uh, is done by Andrew Hahn and all the guys over there, which is a great podcast. But they're going team by team, and, and they did a Portland one with Arnovitz and uh, Kevin Pelton. Of course, Arnovitz has reported on the Blazers a lot over the past few years uh, and, and reported on Olshea dating back, Neil Olshea dating back to uh, his Clippers days. But... Arnovitz was on the pod and and then they threw around the the name Nerlens Noel and Arnovitz came in with what I think we should take as a, a very real assessment of what the Blazers think about him and he and Arnovitz the quote I'm not I don't I don't have the audio here to play for you but uh, the quote from Arnovitz was the character issue doesn't fit in Portland I don't think that they're into Noel so apparently character and personality are are more the holdups on Noel, it seems like. And what Artovitz said is not unlike what has been reported in other places. Uh, Chris Haynes said that Noel was not on Portland's radar. So that, and, and also another thing too is that the defensive metrics this season have been pretty kind to the Blazers' interior defense. Their their efficiency at the rim has been really good. It's just the frequency uh, it has not been ideal or and not been good. But uh, so the, the so there's that to consider as well. But in terms of Portland's interest in him, from Haynes and from Artovitz, two guys that know this franchise very well have reported on this franchise multiple times over the years. I think we can trust them and the report that the Blazers are not into Nerlens Noel. Now that begs the discussion. Uh, I mean, really, how much of a character issue would bringing Noel be? Obviously, one of the things is that Noel has not necessarily been happy with this whole thing that's gone on. He has vocalized his concerns to the media he's been pretty upfront about not liking the situation and if you were to take that and project that onto the Blazers say that have a lot of wings and a lot of guys that play behind each other and a lot of guys that are kind of on the bench at times and not always getting consistent minutes you could see maybe that being an issue if you're Portland who wants to build a team that's going to be deep and not to say that you're bringing in Noel to sit on the bench but 
if some scenario were to occur, you maybe wouldn't want that discord on the team. And I, I understand the trepidation there. And, and, and while Portland has struggled and it's hard to take this as, you know, a small victory when they're not winning games, but for the most part, it seems like this team gets along pretty well. And there's not a lot of discord. It's not a tough place to go to work. It, it, it's a it's a good place for these guys to do their job for the most part is what it is what it seems like except for the fact that they're not winning. But uh, so I, you can debate the merits of that uh, in a lot of ways. Noel's also a lot younger than a lot of the guys on the team. Maybe you can talk yourself into hey if he gets around a guy like Dame and not the situation that he was in in. Philadelphia, where he was for the last few years, very frustrated, obviously, maybe it turns around, but he's also had some issues, uh, most notably with an apartment that he rented over, uh, this news came out over the summer, that he rented this apartment and left it completely trashed and and didn't clean up at all, and I think it was it was several thousands of dollars of damage that he left in the apartment, and that's not the type of stuff that you want associated with your team granted in 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 sports and basketball a lot of times you you have to teams have a history of dealing with character issues and and stuff like that but also i i think in this market it's it's easy to understand the trepidation about a guy who has a track record of stuff like that after the you look at what happened with the jailblazers how that whole situation devolved i think it's much easier to swallow a team that while they're not winning is a bunch of guys that the fan base can get behind as people so yeah I I see that being hard especially if things don't work out like if they trade for Noel and he's not the answer and he's not erasing all the defensive mistakes and now you have everyone blaming him you know that that character issue could then pop up like things I'm sure would be great if things go well but there is a risk factor there. If things don't go well, then maybe they are worse than they were before you traded for him. So from that standpoint, I kind of see it. From the other standpoint, I like I said about maybe if he gets around a guy like Dame or or or, or, or and, and the other guys on the Blazers team, which seem to be good influences for the most part from guys that you talk to, from what you hear about the perception of Lillard around the league and, and how guys you know like his leadership style and stuff like that, maybe that could change the tide. But as of right now, I kind of see where the Blazers are because – uh, of the franchise's past, while you may think that that is uh, kind of dated thinking because that was 10, 12, 15, 10, 12 years ago when they were bad and getting in trouble off the court. But I do think to an extent, even the business side of the Blazers may even pay a big, play a bigger part into that decision-making than we realize because... Neil Olshay is in charge of the basketball operations, but there is an entire other side of the operations where that involves selling tickets and getting people out to the game and all that stuff. And those two things go hand in hand. Those two things are not, uh, those two things, whether we like it or not, you know, from a, from people who 
want the team to win or or analyzing the team. You know, not everything is, you know, just the numbers on the floor and how the team could play and and all that. There's a whole lot of other factors there, and I wouldn't be surprised too. And and having been in the Blazers organization for for a time. I know that they very much care about the brand and the importance of the Trailblazers. So I think that that is is something to be on, uh, to just keep in the back of your mind that, that, I mean, look at the track record of guys that they've brought in here. Very, almost never have they brought in a guy that has had off-court issues as a character guy and and Noel has had those unfortunately. So and another guy that which is would be way harder to get and would cost much much more than Nerlens Noel. Haynes said the same thing about DeMarcus Cousins and then I would imagine that what Cousins does sometimes his his off the court antics, his moodiness, his well not his off the court antics, his on court antics, his moodiness and just you know the kind of sourness that he gives off maybe more uh, what, what's scaring them away than anything off the court because Boogie has been well behaved in that regard but um, yeah I just thought it was an interesting thing and a, and a nice insight uh, from Arnovitz there following up on uh, on some stuff that Chris Haynes had reported so yeah Nerland's Noel uh, that might might be a guy to cross off your list at this point uh, Dave Deckard from Blazers Edge today wrote uh, about Yusuf Nurkic, and I gotta say, I, I, I tuned into some Nurkic the other night. I like what I see. I I wanted to check in because most of my Nurkic knowledge comes from his rookie season when he was kind of a sensation of some sort, but then he kind of got knocked off the pedestal by Nikola Jokic, which is why Nurkic is available. He moves well. He's a big dude. I mean, he's big, which... Against some of those bruising scorers, obviously the Cousinses of the world are going to get their points, but he would just be a much better uh, post defender at the very least, and 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 he moves well for his size. I, I and and he he's got some moves with the ball, and I think would just be better with the ball uh, than just about any big man the Blazers have. But uh, so Nurkic, I think would would be uh, yeah, Nurkic would be really nice. I definitely support uh, Dave. Uh, on on the angle of that column. Some other news to recap for you before we wrap this up. The Trailblazers are had they sent uh, Tim Quarterman to the D League last week, and they're sending Jake Lehman, who played has played some. He definitely played more than Tim Quarterman <laughs> this season. They sent him to the D-League, so they'll get him some run for a few games. They're sending him out, or they're sending him on assignment to the Windy City Bulls, so I don't know how much travel that entails. I haven't kept track of the D-League schedule. I know that the showcase just happened, so I don't think he's going to be going to the showcase, but he will be getting some run, uh, which is, is nice, and I'm sure is something that they just want him to do because he hasn't been playing a lot. He's shown some things. And I think they kind of want to get him in the D league to kind of get into the lab, so to speak, and really work on those things. Because at the point that we're at in the season, there's not a lot of practice time. And even if there is a lot of time to practice, I think they're not going to have the numbers to really get five on five and all that. Just because Blazers just got back from a four game road trip. They're probably resting. They've got probably guys doing 
just lifting weights, not really doing full court stuff, maybe just shooting shots and lifting weights and doing some half court stuff. But at this point in the season where we're ramping up towards the all-star break, I think it's hard to find meaningful court work time for a guy like Lehman. So the Blazers sent him to the Windy City Bulls. And yeah, uh, something that Mike Richmond tweeted uh, of the Oregonian, which it, it sparked my memory, uh, and there's a lot of stuff going on with the D-League, and this Lehman story and the Quarterman sending down has also made me think of it. With the addition of the, or with the the new collective bargaining agreement, the rosters have now exp- will expand in coming seasons for teams and there will be up to 17 players I believe and two of those 17 roster spots will be two-way D-League players that the Blazers can carry on their roster but then also but they would mostly be in the D-League but they can cycle them through and they will count as players on the Blazers and then they will be able to go into the D-League to get some work now the Blazers no longer have their own D-League affiliate that's why they're sending guys to the Windy City Bulls right now. But uh, from some reporting that I did last year, uh, it if the D-League the D-League situation uh, were to come to fruition, where they had the two-way contracts, I think every NBA team is going to get their own affiliate, and Portland is one of those teams. That's something that I've heard. So Portland will look into getting their own D-League affiliate, just like I assume every team now is going to look into getting their own D-League affiliate. So there will probably be some D-League expansion is what I imagine will happen. Uh, And from what I have, what I've learned throughout the process and in the last few years about that team, I would imagine that that team would be in the Portland area because the team just wants to, be able to keep players close and not have to uh, fly or do a whole lot of extra stuff to get them to and from. Uh, I know that some folks have been have said, oh, you know, maybe a Seattle team or a Tacoma team. I don't think that that's going to happen. Just from what I know, it would be a Portland area D-League affiliate, whether that would be a team that plays in the city or plays in the suburbs, I don't know, but I think that if they were to have a team, it would be a team that stays in the Portland area that would allow for shorter travel times so that uh, getting guys into the D-League and getting guys uh, those extra minutes and stuff like that wouldn't wouldn't have as much of a cost in travel attached to it. So, uh, yeah. Keep your eye out uh, for that. I don't know if anything's going to be announced anytime soon, but my imagination would be that uh, the Blazers will get their own D-League affiliate at some point, and that affiliate would be in the Portland area. So uh, Mike tweeted about the Beaverton Blazers today, uh, so that maybe maybe that's it. Who knows? But uh, I, I definitely think that uh, the option for a D-League franchise is going to be one that happens in in the portland metro area uh so yeah sorry for those of you seattle fans or up who wanted uh potentially to have some kind of some form of nba basketball near you i know that uh those of you who are up there uh 
miss it a little bit, but, uh, and I know we have some listeners in the Seattle area, so that's why I say it. And, uh, so yeah, but, uh, so there's, there's some D league stuff, Jake Lehman going to the D league, Tim Quarterman back from the D league blazers at some point now that the CBA has been ratified and they are have 17 players on each roster, including two way contracts. I would imagine that it's just a matter of time before they announce their own D league affiliate. So, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're doing our midseason uh, report. We just passed that. I did my Portland portion last week, and we're doing the whole NBA. So if you want to get caught up on the NBA at midseason, I suggest you check out the Locked On NBA podcast hosted by our network podfather, David Locke. If you like what you hear on Lockdown Blazers, please subscribe, tell a friend, and you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audioboom, Google Play, TuneIn FM, wherever you can get a podcast. Leave us a five-star review. If you listen to us on FanRag Sports, we really appreciate it, and you should do all those things that I just said about subscribing. So we will be back with another episode of Lockdown Blazers. The Blazers play again on Wednesday against the Los Angeles Lakers. It's going to be the 40th anniversary of the 1977 championship team. Should be a pretty cool night when that goes down. But uh, we may be back before then. Who knows? But until then, at the very least... Rush into Old Navy today for up to 50% off store-wide. Get dresses from $15 for women, $12 for girls, plus up to 75% off clearance for the whole family right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1016 to 1020, select styles only.